Welcome to Dwelling in Magic. My name is Angie and I am so excited to have the Queen of South Street herself on my podcast today. Julia Zagar is simply the best. She's just amazing. I know I say that a lot, but no, really, she is so wonderful. She dwells in magic. She carries the magic. Ugh, I can't wait to introduce you. So without further ado, here's Julia. Julia Zagar is the captain of this sparkly, otherworldly ship. She's maneuvered through her share of storms, with waves knocking her about and threatening to sink her. Yet she stays upright. <laughs> Julia so is a force of nature, a badass businesswoman, and the super strong and solid foundation that allowed Isaiah to build his magical art environment upon. But one of Julia's greatest strengths is her ability to connect, to lean into people and welcome them into their world. Once inside, she'll sit you down at her table and cook you a fabulous meal, a savory soup, soups are her specialty, and salad. She provides the sustenance, spirit, and heart with ease. Julia started her business, The Eyes Gallery, in 1968 at 402 South Street. The shop sells beautiful folk art jewelry and clothing and has always been my favorite place to visit when I'm in Philly. Inside, it's an explosion of color and sparkle, every surface covered in beauty, filled with corazón. For 52 years, Julia kept the doors open until just recently on July 29th of this past summer, an electrical fire started in the building connected to hers. The fire, smoke, and water damage will keep the eyes closed for at least a year. Yet at 83, Julia is beginning again, rebuilding. That is her nature. Strong and open-hearted, hilarious, thoughtful, and kind, she is a gift to all those who encounter her. I am a huge fan of Julia's. <laughs> I would follow her anywhere, especially to Mexico. <laughs> Julia leads travel tours throughout Mexico, and it is truly my personal mission to finally join her and Isaiah on one. Maybe the next one? Maybe. Pretty please, maybe. <laughs> Well, with no further ado, here's Julia. Hi. Hi. Wow. I don't think I have to say anything else. You just <laughs> said it all or and more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the way that I like to start a lot of times is just hearing where you, where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Oh gosh. Well, I, I grew up in New York City, uh, Manhattan, a little, <laughs> little island in New York City. And, um, my father was an artist, worked for Disney, so I kind of followed in his footsteps and went to a specialty high school, uh, music and art, and then went to a college, Cooper Union, that my father also went to that was started by Peter Cooper back in the 1800s. So I was always in New York and actually never left until my last year of college when I took my first trip and it was to Mexico and fell in love. <laughs> with Mexico. <laughs> fell in love with color, with Mexico, with the air, with the 70 degree weather all the time, with people so sweet and giving and the food. I mean, what was not to fall in love with? Oh it was goodness. wonderful. And so when I came back, 
I decided I was going to go back to school there, and I did. I went back to Mexico City College and spent a year finishing up my um, for a degree, and um, then came back to New York. Can't remember what I did, but right in that time, I married Isaiah. <laughs> 1963, we got married. And after I told him lots and lots about Mexico, because he had never left New York either, um, and because he was fighting for uh, conscientious objection from the Army, we um, decided to apply to the go into the Peace Corps, which would give us an extension for two years, as it turned out, three years from any kind of army uh, call-up. Mm -hmm. right. well, what was that time like in Peru for you? Oh, it was wonderful. Peru was everything. I mean, we had a job to do, so we were sent to a specific place, and it was all new and all interesting. And, you know, the we were... Um, well, the government, because it was a job, they were there. We knew we had someone um, backing us up. And we were sent to a place we never would have gone to if we were just tourists. So we were sent way up 13,000 feet above sea level to a place called Juliaca. I thought that was prophetic. Juliaca? Juliaca. <laughs> and uh, we spent two years there and a third year out around Lake Titicaca in a hacienda, a, a deserted hacienda that we decided to reconstitute. We spent it and worked with the people there who were knitters and weavers, and we loved working with them. And we did that for years, years and years. Well, the three years that we were in the Peace Corps, we were there. That's amazing. Did they have any way of selling their wares? They didn't. No. So we had to make it. So we would sell to all the Peace Corps volunteers who came through. But we also just piled, bought it with our, I mean, Peace Corps gave us $100 a month at the time. So one of them, we, one of those paychecks we lived on, and the other we bought products. Mm -hmm. So we came home with seven trunk loads that the Peace Corps gave us of um, goods. My goodness. <laughs> and how did we ship it? Peace Corps shipped one or two of those, and the rest we got from other Peace Corps volunteers who didn't package anything and didn't want those crates. So we sent home crates upon crates of folk art. <laughs> so you had enough to open a store, <laughs> really? Or did you? Basically, we... We did. Actually, we all along the way coming home, we came home overland. And all the way coming home, we were selling off things and giving them. But after a while, you can't give away to all your relatives. They don't want it anymore. <laughs> they don't want it. They had enough dolls. They had enough this and that. So, yeah, we had enough to open up. We had worked in uh, with gourd carvers. So we had a show of gourd carving. We had a show of knit work. We sold a lot to the museum in Santa Fe. Alexander Girard bought about half our collection, actually. Okay. We had a lot of stuff. <laughs> we still have a lot of stuff. <laughs> you do have a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
So how long after you were in the Peace Corps did you end up on South Street? Oh, yeah. Well, we came to um, back to the United States not knowing what we wanted to do or where we wanted to go. But uh, my parents were in New York, and Isaiah's parents were in York, Pennsylvania. And so we thought, mm, maybe we'll stay someplace in between so we can see them and not be too close. <laughs> <laughs> A little space. Yeah. It's always nice. And uh, Isaiah's sister was living here in Philadelphia, so we came to visit for just a very short time, we thought. But then um, we decided to stay a year, and then Isaiah had a nervous breakdown, and we decided that he had to get better before we moved out anywhere. And then I became pregnant, so life started. <laughs> life started. And we didn't know what we were going to do to earn a living, so we had all these trunks. And Philadelphia is an interesting place because it was bigger. The area we were in was bigger at one time than it was when we arrived. So there were a lot of vacancies. And you could. we bought a building for $10,000, which was money we saved while we were in the Peace Corps. So we had a building. We had goods. And Isaiah started banging around and getting it all fixed up for us. My and goodness. it helped him, too. Helped to bring him out of the depressive yeah. state. Was it as overwhelming for you to re-enter the United States after? No. No, it wasn't. I, I mean, I, um, I there was a lot of things to do if you wanted to do it. Yeah. And then when you become pregnant, you're... Uh, your body takes care of the rest, takes care of your mind and your body yeah. <laughs> kind of feel. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah you have it. You're on a mission. That's right. Take care of this baby. And how old were you? Yeah, I was 29 when we Zeke was born, and we also opened the Eyes Gallery that year. And we got a good write-up in the newspapers, and life began. And we had a kitchen in the back of the store like the old merchants did, and so we... Yeah, we uh, managed. You started making your way. Yes, that is. And 50 years went quickly by. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and for a lot of those years, did you enjoy oh, yeah, being the, there every day? Well, I wasn't there every day. But, yeah, because it gave me my own. I, I wasn't working for anyone. It was my own, our own. I mean, Isaiah was definitely helpful, although he wasn't there. He didn't like to. He would give everything away. <laughs> I knew that wasn't the right way to do it. So, uh, and I don't know. The '60s were and '70s were a very open time on on South Street. It was it was the Kennedy years, and they were. It was very exciting actually to be in the United States. Oh, I bet it was. It was. It was open. It was sweet, and and South Street was um, also very much part of um, the renaissance of the United States at that time. Wow. Were there a lot of artists? And I love artists. Philadelphia spaces. has per capita more art schools than any other big city in the United States still. Oh. And so there were a lot of people who came out of art schools or went other places, but a lot stayed around. And there were on our block was the Theater of the Living Arts, which was also a new age theater. And they uh, had a lot of people working for them, and they were around. They were very creative, very wonderful people. Mm -hmm. Also, when, you know, 
went off after a while, but they were there. That's amazing. It was amazing. So much talent, so much energy, mm-hmm. energy, wonderful energy of a lot of young people and oh. who were given a chance to, uh, because it was cheap enough to live and, and to earn a living, and there was a craft renaissance. A lot of people made their own things, sold them. Mm-hmm. It was uh, very exciting. Are you still friends with some of the people you yeah, met? Yeah, that was John Brooks was one of them that oh. you saw his books. A lot of them went off different places, built their own homes or started their own uh, businesses and uh, continued. My goodness. I know, and but they're all in their 80s now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, you're 82 as we speak. Right, right, right. right. You still are so vibrant and have so much energy. I don't know about that, but it, it, it um, yeah, I'm still here. You're still here? <laughs> yeah, in Philadelphia and here. Too. Well, I, yeah, I think we, by the time Jeremiah, uh, Zeke was born, our first child, I figured we had lived in 17 different places oh as a married couple. But then once we got onto South Street in Philadelphia, we it was cement and mud. <laughs> we stayed. Cement and tile for the rest of, of your time. Yeah, time. The next, uh, yeah, kind of mired us into uh, it, our feet into cement. Yes. That was Isaiah. But anyway, it was yeah. the Ice Gallery also. Was it hard to support all of your life? With you know, living? I don't actually remember exactly, but we did make a living on uh, on what we sold at the Eyes Gallery, what Isaiah sold of his artwork, and um, yeah, and I did. We did have two children. We bought buildings, which were very cheap at the time. I mean, considering what's happening now. And uh, it was not a desirable place to live, but we liked it. So uh, we were able to get places for Isaiah to work, to have a studio apart from the house, to own a house, to own a studio, Mm -hmm. and to uh, begin to enlarge our uh, fiefdom, (laughs) our South Street fiefdom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, walking down South Street with either one of you is such a treat because you are celebrities. What it, someone last night saw Isaiah and said, Your Excellency, <laughs> how wonderful to run to, into you. I'm running for city council next year. Remember me? Oh, yeah. yeah. But you yeah. guys are kind of the king and queen of South Street. It feels Not like it. Not quite, but Joel Garcia, who's an artisan who comes visiting, says that there's a dent in the sidewalk where I walk up and down from our house to the Eyes Gallery. And since the fire, are you still going? I'm still going, often? but it's not the same. I've kind of lost my platform. I have to reconstitute the Eyes Gallery, and mm-hmm. uh, that's where what I'm doing now. And you're figuring out all sorts of stuff right now, like what to do with this whole world that you've built. Oh, well, you get to be 82 and 83, and you have to make certain decisions with your life. It because. When you're younger, you're acquiring children, children's clothes, furniture, kitchen supplies, tables, chairs, everything like that to fill your home. Then you have your home filled and you begin to buy all kinds of other things that you have interest in. But when you get to our age, you're beginning to wonder, what do you do with it all? Because people are saying, you know, 
you maybe have 10 more years to live. What do you want to do? Where do you want to, what do you want to, and we're thinking that too. And uh, certainly we've acquired a lot and love to acquire. So it hasn't diminished that way, but we realize that we have to take care of certain things. So that's what we're trying to do now. Mm-hmm. Speaking to estate planners, getting maybe a will drawn up, a new will, getting um, our children to take pieces they want mm-hmm. and, uh, and understand what we're doing because they don't want much, <laughs> and they don't want to continue in our footsteps necessarily. No, they've got their own... They have their own worlds. Their own That's world. what's happened to young people. But yeah, yours is a unique situation just given the magnitude of what you A lot you've of built. stuff, a lot of stuff. Yeah, we have to figure out. But you're doing it. You're trying. We're, we're going to do it, yeah. Julia, you're just such a strong centered person. What do you think has sustained you all these years? How do you, how do, you do it? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that answer. I uh, certainly it's my interests. I mean, I've certainly gotten interested. I love the travel. I love the buy. I love working with craftspeople. I I they do so much better in crafts than I was doing. So I love to just um, give them a way to work more. Mm-hmm. And the Ice Gallery was doing that. So we were able to bring craftspeople into the gallery. We were able to show new work. And Philadelphia was ready for it at that time. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of people who came in. And and I enjoyed talking to all the people. I enjoyed selling. So it was fun. And I... It was maneuverable enough so that I could take off time for my children, and it wasn't like a daily nine-to-five job in any way. Sometimes I'd be working Saturdays and Sundays, and they never saw me. But other times, you know, it was my own time. That's good, yeah. That is good. With the kids, do they come with you? Well, when they were little, I put them in the window, but later (laughs) they, I didn't. No, it became too hard. Two boys running around. You know. I do know. (laughs) Yes. It's hard to get work done when they're around. They were 13 years apart, so one of them was already off by the time the other one was young. And now you're a grandmother, too. Now I'm a grandmother of four from children from 25 to two. Can you imagine? So so grandchildren. That's very special. But uh, they don't want our stuff either. <laughs> None of them know what they want. Yeah. So no. I was telling Isaiah yesterday, being in your home and at your table and with you is unlike any other place that I've ever been. And I've always wanted to get back. And it's <laughs> wonderful to have you. It's wonderful because you love it. <laughs> I do love it. Well, and I love you guys. I mean, to be loved up like you love us is wonderful. <laughs> And uh, and certainly uh, you've helped you've helped Isaiah a lot. You've helped with his projects, and you've helped. Oh my God, you have helped and helped and helped. Yes, oh. <laughs> I've earned my Vikinga yes. status. <laughs> That's right, Vikinga that you are. So it's perfect. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. And yeah. I'm gonna get on one of your trips before. Uh, okay. Before the end. Okay, oh you gosh. will. Uh, well, hopefully we keep. We keep, keep doing going. it. I do yes. it with a friend. Um, uh, Art and Soul Tours I do with my friend in Boston who has a shop like mine. And we met 
when we were both shopping in Mexico or Peru, um, and she has a shop called Nomad, and her name is Deb Colburn. And uh, so we kind of got together and we said, oh, everyone says they want to come with us on trips. So we thought, well, we'll make up a trip. And I knew someone in Mexico I had met who was an arranger of tours, so she helped us, and now we're doing it. 21 years we've been doing it. And sometimes we've had as much as 50 people on a tour, but now we realize that isn't as good and it's much better to have a small tour. So I think the latest, it was, it's Tastes of Mexico, um, we have about 20 people with Isaiah and myself and Deb. Yeah. So. Well, I'll be the 21st. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can come. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for having me here again and talking with me today. Good, good. It's great. <laughs> all right. All right. Julia. Oh, we all love Julia so much. And I just saw today, I'm so excited to report this, that the Eyes Gallery, which had been shut down since last July because of a fire next door, an electrical fire, is going to be reopening April 15th right near where the existing eyes is at 326 south street and you can go visit her you can go see all of her beautiful folk art and her awesome jewelry and meet her oh man i'm so excited what an optimistic and bold badass she is i mean at 82 being like yeah there's a fire i'm gonna rebuild i'm coming back i love her and i hope i have half the enthusiasm and excitement and passion that she has for life when I'm her age. Ah, what an inspiration. Thank you, Julia.